Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. I'm Tracy Hotchner, your dog's best friend and your kitty cat's best friend. Wishing a happy weekend to listeners on Peconic Public Broadcasting in the Hamptons, on Robin Hood Radio in Connecticut and the Berkshires, and to podcast listeners everywhere. Please listen to all my new live call-in pet radio shows on the Radio Pet Lady Network, co-hosted by top pet experts at RadioPetLady.com. Dog Talk is a production of Eight Paws LLC, which is solely responsible for its content, and is brought to you with the generous support of Platinum Performance Supplements, Waruva Pet Foods, Precious Cat Litter, Nordic Naturals Omega-3 Fish Oils, and the Animal Specialty Center, which is just north of New York City in Westchester County and is a comprehensive veterinary facility offering board-certified specialists in oncology, cardiology, dermatology, neurology, surgery, internal medicine, and dentistry. The Animal Specialty Center helps people and their own vets diagnose and treat challenging medical conditions with access to innovative diagnostic tools and state-of-the-art equipment. The Animal Specialty Center gives families the option to utilize the latest medical choices for their four-legged family members. I have a really cool lineup of guests today, really special. Dr. Nancy Davidson's going to be here with the secret life of lost cats, just the most interesting way of thinking about those lost cat posters. Then Jody Ziskin will join us. She's a holistic nutrition specialist. I didn't know there was such a thing for animals, but there is, and she knows an awful lot and is going to share it with us. And then I have quite a surprise for those of us ground-based people, maybe not as earth-shattering as those that live on the Internet. But Mike Britovaski is here with Lil Bub, Lil Bub's Lil Book. Uh, Lil Bub has 86,000 Facebook followers, just saying. Lil Bub's a cat. So we're going to find out what that's like that he's got, she's got. He is the man, she is the cat. A TV show, a book, a deal. Uh, Was at the Cat Video Festival in the Walker Arts Center in Minneapolis. It's a happening cat. I'm going to jump right in and talk to Nancy Davidson about some of these kitties who were just not happening. They were disappeared. Nancy, it's so wonderful to have you on Dog Talk and Kitties 2. What an amazing book you've written. Thank you. It was a great adventure. A great adventure and such an original way of looking at the world. Now, you're a shrink by profession, and so you brought your shrinkiness, if you will, to the idea that what is the whatever happened to the cats in these posters? Who put the poster up? How did the cat get lost? Did they ever get reunited? I think a lot of us see those fading posters and have this little pang of, like, how did that work out? Talk a little bit about your own lost cat experience and how it, it encouraged you to embark on this kind of interesting Margaret Mead of the lost cat poster adventure. Absolutely. I was a lost cat owner, and my cat, Zach who's Mr. Friendly, had disappeared for five days. And so by the second day, I had to put up a lost cat poster. And the long story short, I got a lot of calls from strangers saying they had no information about the cat, but they wanted to wish me good luck. And they had lost the cat, and they hoped I found mine. So one gentleman left a message on my answering machine. It said, you know, three nights ago uh, at midnight in the Polish church on Eld Street, we saw an orange and wily, uh, a snarly cat. Um, 
you know, vamping around on the grounds. We didn't get close, but, you know, I hope this information is helpful. And then hangs up, no return number. And I'm thinking to myself, was this helpful? <laughs> three, three days ago at midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, they really? saw really? this. Yeah. You know, zombie cat walking around, and, you know, my cat usually licks you on the nose to say hello. And, well, what am I going to do? So I ran over there because I had no other clues. That's right. And as I'm wandering around the church grounds looking for my evil vampire cat, I see this statue of Saint I have no idea, and I'm thinking to myself, Zach is a lapsed Jew with Buddhist influences. <laughs> He's so not here. <laughs> so I'm, walk, I'm walking home and I'm thinking, all right, what are other cat owners doing? Are they laughing at themselves? Are they running after every, you know, cloud that moves looking for their cat? And that was the beginning of my wanting to find out what the outcome is because a lost cat poster tells you the beginning of a story. Well, what I love was that it, it isn't just the beginning of the story, but you then hooked up with the people you called them. In many cases you met them. And what I really loved was that you, the way a shrink will, I imagine it's how you go through life and it must make life more interesting than for the rest of us. You wondered, you know, what is the metaphor for this? The way there's metaphors in dreams. What is the symbolism? What did this lostness really mean? Who was looking for whom? What did it mean to be abandoned and to be so sad? And what did that remind them about their childhood? I mean, you kind of gave them not really a session with a psychologist, but you brought that to bear. And I think there's something to be said about that. I mean, there's something about our connection to pets and, and how close we want to keep them and how we feel when they leave us that must resonate for many other relationships in our life and in our history, right? Well, that's an excellent summary of the journey of the book, because originally I just started out as Nancy, the cat owner, yes. frantic cat owner. Yes. Then I became Curious Nancy, and in the book I call her Nancy Drew. Yes. And she has my initials, so that you can see the... Uh, similarities yes. between us and you know she'd go on capers and she'd find out mysteries so I also fell in love with the folk art of the lost cat posters because they're so unique and people are telling you messages on them you know family well, heart I just broken. want to say that that isn't something that had ever occurred to me before so you're bringing that to light made me realize that the I've never stopped to think, gosh, the way you put up your lost cat poster or your last lost dog poster for that matter, but lost cats is trickier because they don't come when called and they hide when they're scared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the way you organize it, you the cat owner or the, the lost cat mm -hmm. owner, you really brought a lot to make people to make us realize as lookers at posters that the poster itself says a lot about the people. Some were yeah. drawn so, and that was kind of cool because it wasn't just what is the story behind it, but who was the person who drew those funny little cat faces in the four corners? Was it a child? Is it, was a, it a, you know, what, what's going on here? Who are these people? What is their story? Wasn't there one person us... that it didn't even seem to be a lost cat? I don't know. I forget. One of them was like the person just needed attention. <laughs> Well, you're, refer you're referring to that sometimes I got overzealous 
and I, you know, looked at a lot of lost cat posters and immediately made assumptions that every cat was lost. But the the thing about the posters is some of them are written like poems, some are like family albums, you know, others have these you know, uh, my four-year-old is heartbroken message on there, so you know now it's a family. Or um, a woman writes, uh, uh, has a heart with a broken uh, arrow through it, and you're looking at this poster, at, at least I am, and I'm going, this must be a young girl who wrote this. Uh, right. Males are are hardly going to put a heart on their poster with a broken arrow through it. So you could start to see some of the ownership. But the real deep psychological message that you brought up before about metaphors is what will you risk for love, whether it's a lost cat or a friendship, parents, you know, a lover, and what anxious issues does it bring up inside of you because we all worry at some point that we're not loving well enough or we have regrets or we should you know try harder and so I realized that Nancy the lost cat owner and Nancy Drew who was trying to find out the end of the stories had was really meeting people in a time of crisis and Nancy and, the Shrink, come on, the first lady there is Nancy the Shrink, before the cat owner and the adventurer. I mean, I think it was, I think what's really amazing and interesting to me about the book is the prism through which you, as a psychiatrist, look at the world. And I think that's, that is as interesting well, yes. as anything else. Yes. I eventually started completely looking at it as, as Nancy the therapist you know, Dr. Nancy, the therapist. But what I was trying to get to is that I started out identifying with everyone who's ever lost anything that they've loved. And then my own curiosity as a person, which got me into being a psychotherapist, you know, kicks in. And then I'm realizing that I'm meeting people in pain. I'm meeting people when they feel disheartened. I'm meeting people who have uh, their own history of loss and grief or faith. You know, as one woman said, uh, I lost my cat, but I gained a community. And then I started thinking about, well, what really makes a happy ending? I mean, traditionally, it's to get your cat back. But some people got their cat back and wanted to move from their apartment building because they they realized that they had terrible neighbors. (laughs) That's right. It's like, yeah. yeah, gained a cat, lost a, lost a neighborhood. Right. So, you know, you're looking at love, you're looking at courage, you're looking at determination, you're looking at resilience, you're look, looking at how people cope with the nature of suffering and of happiness, and that life is constant change. And the added quirk with the cats Obviously, you don't know if the cat really ran away or is in danger, or you got caught in your file cabinet, and you're the idiot who closed the the cabinet on him. Well, in fact, I think early on you say you suddenly thought, oh, my God, the dishwasher, the refrigerator, the cabinets, the pantry, my shoe closet, all those places where you really do actually need to look for a cat first because they don't, like, hold up a little white flag and wave it at you. If they're stuck, they're stuck. You know, one of one of the owners said to me, I have four cats, and I hadn't seen um, Sydney in a while, but I thought, you know, I like to give my cats free range, <laughs> you know. 
and well, how much is free range? A couple hours, four hours, six right. hours, right? Yep. And then, of course, you have countries like the U.S. where a lot of rescues and shelters, when you adopt, make you promise or sign something that says you will keep your cat only indoors because the dangers of being out are as long as your arm. Or a country like England where the RSPCA sends a home visitor to make sure you guarantee that your cat will be out every day, even in the middle of London. So people have such different ideas about this. I don't remember seeing any lost cat posters, but I guess British cats have better manners when they come home at tea time or something. Well, the Amsterdam cat Yes, Amsterdam Sam. That manners. was a really cool one. Yeah, their signs don't say, you know, ran away, scooted, whatever. Their signs say... Um, you know, a little fluffy walked away. Tigger walked away. It's hilarious. Every time I had them, uh, you know, translated, uh, I go, wow, what polite cats these Dutch cats are. Yeah, nobody's frantic. It's just like there's been a misunderstanding. Please help me get the cat back and we'll we'll reconnect. I think that, that it's a really fantastic way to look at as you say, what we'll do for our animals, um, you know, and also the regret of maybe you were careless with any relationship in your life. And that's always very regretful. Did you not take it seriously enough? Did you not either lock the door or give the cat enough stimulation inside or, you know, whatever the things are that make you feel regretful and feel like you have some part in the, in the, in the, in the loss? Well, exactly. Any kind of loss will trigger how you customarily have dealt with loss in the past. So you're not just dealing with one potential loss. You're thinking, oh, my God, you know, when my parents died or when uh, I broke up with my boyfriend or what all that gets put into play when you're looking, searching, wondering if I should, you know, skip class tonight and continue looking or should I – you know, not go into work. If I don't go into work, I can't pay the rent. But it, does that mean I'm abandoning my cat? Maybe it's up to me, you know, to make the special effort. And you start getting superstitious and you start making deals with your God. And then, yes. you know, yes. and then, you know, then you're totally beating yourself up. And I'm trying to help people with the process to understand that when something that you love, a family member goes missing, you can't skip frantic, you can't skip scared, but maybe you could skip beating yourself up. Yes. The good, maybe you the could good lower shrink, that. The good Dr. Yeah. Nancy says, yeah. at least don't be guilty. Guilt doesn't get you anywhere. Well, Nancy, it's, it's a wonderful book. The Secrets of Lost Cats, One Woman, 20 Posters, and a New Understanding of Love. Really enjoyed the book. It was such a fresh look at cat ownership, pet ownership, and our relations to them and ourselves in, in their stewardship. So thank you for writing the book and for sharing time with us. It was a really, really fresh and original book, and I think everyone's going to enjoy it a great deal. Well, thank you. This has been a lovely interview. I'm glad. I, I, I'm glad that you liked it. I did too, and I, I just think, wow, whoever your patients are, they have a very kind and loving shrink, and they're very lucky, Aww. whether they have a cat or not. And that's important. Right. We all need permission right. to make mistakes and right. try our best to rectify them without beating ourselves up. And right. that's just a life lesson that we hope our very forgiving yeah. cats and dogs will give us. Have a great rest of the day, Nancy. Wonderful thank talking you. to you. 
Thank Bye-bye. You. Take care. Take care. We'll be right back after this word with Jody from Holistic Healthy Pets. Bye, Jody. We'll be right back. Support for Dog Talk comes from Waruva, a family-owned company that makes their foods in a human food factory because they believe pets deserve to eat as well as their people do. All the flavors of Waruva, Cats in the Kitchen, and their more economical BFF, Best Feline Friend brands, are made to appeal to finicky little dogs and choosy cats, especially those you're trying to transition away from dry foods. This show is also supported by Platinum Performance Canine Wellness Formula, a comprehensive nutritional supplement for dogs that provides a special blend of more than 55 nutrients to improve a dog's overall health at a cellular level. And there are Platinum Performance Supplements for people, cats, and horses, too. I am back with Jody Ziskin, who I met through our wonderful sponsor, Nordic Naturals, because she's a holistic nutrition and wellness specialist for pets, and I didn't know there was such a thing. So I'm very excited, Jody Z, to have you on the show and talk about what you do for a living, which is kind of cool. You help people pick the right supplements and the right foods for their pets. Is that what you do? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the gist of what I do. Basically, um, I work one on one with people. And according to their lifestyle, their budget, and what's going on with their pets, we find the best possible diet, one that's going to be doable, because the best food in the world isn't great if nobody's feeding it to the pet. <laughs> so I mean, not, find not wanting to work. Go, when you say not feeding the pet because it's too much trouble, it's too labor-intensive. Exactly. So do most, of the people, do most of the people that come to you want a home cook, but they aren't sure how to put a little of this and a little of that and a little of the other thing? That's a great deal of, of the people that do call me, absolutely. Um, they are looking to make homemade food, and they want to make sure they're supplementing properly. They want to know the exact balances of foods to give. That's one group. There are some that are interested in raw food, but are, they've heard so much information on both sides. They're just not sure what to do about that. And then there are those who, who know that a dry food diet probably isn't the best thing, but they don't know what to do. They don't understand um, who to believe because there's, there's so right. much information out there. Yes. So I kind of help them wade through those waters and explain to them where ingredients come from and why certain brands or certain products are better. And then we find something that fits their lifestyle and something that their pets really enjoy because it, it should be an enjoyable experience for the pet parent as well as for the pets. To, to make a meal or serve a meal or stir a meal into a bowl, depending on, you know, how far somebody wants to go. Do you find that people, one of the reasons that, that I was, I, I actually learned about you, interestingly enough, because I did this dog adoption event at the Westchester Mall. It was super fun. There were 12 rescue and adoption groups and Pepe Infinity had me there because there was a car all fitted out with fabulous car safety equipment. And uh, one of the things that, uh, there were 200, the first 200 people got these doggy bags and I wound up with one in my car. I wasn't really trying to keep it from the 200th person, but it wound up <laughs> in my car and it had all these great treats from Halo and treats from Whole Life Pet and this cute little goodie bag from Nordic Naturals. And there was a sheet about you, beautiful full color sheet, picture of pretty you and a whole description yeah. of what a holistic nutrition and wellness specialist does. And I don't know, how did I get this far in the pet world and not know there was such a thing? Is this a degree that you get or is it training that you kind of put together for yourself? It's, I just think it's a remarkable subcategory of wellness counselor for pets. 
Well, thanks. I, I, I'm kind of forging my own path, I believe, but I did go to school to get my master's in holistic nutrition, and I did start by going for humans, and partway through, I said, I don't, I don't want to work with people. I want to work with pets. And oh, that's luckily funny. They had, it's, I mean, the truth is people do want to know, but they don't really follow through. On the most part, there are some people that are completely committed, absolutely. But I, I knew that that wasn't really the path I should be on, that I've always been devoted to animals. I've always wanted to work with them and, and help improve their lives. Uh, so they did have a companion animal course of study at the same time. So really? I was able to kind of, yeah, so I was able to do that. And then once I got that degree, once I had the master's, I thought, well, now what? And I thought, you know, people really want to see other experience. Um, it's just something that we all look for. We look for those little initials after names. We just do. It makes us feel better. So I talked to my local veterinarian and um, I asked about certification programs that, that, that there were available in nutrition. And I was hooked up with one. So I was able to become a certified pet nutrition consultant. And that just kind of made people, I think, feel a little bit more at ease. But my, my education never stops. I spend hours every day researching and testing and talking and, and asking the hard questions to different uh, product manufacturers and food manufacturers and just trying to find the best things that meet my standards so that I can help my clients. I mean, my cats are my guinea pigs. Everything gets That's tried funny. out at home first. And if they'll eat so it, I, and if they'll eat it, and they don't barf or or you know like get green around the gills, it's probably okay. But why yeah, is there I mean, a, why is there a companion animal? Why is there a master's program in companion animal holistic nutrition? I mean, would you, in theory, would somebody, if someone listening says, you know, that sounds really interesting, would you, in theory, go to work for a holistic pet food company? I mean, is that what your master's would? would entitle you to do how how do well, they how does a school sell somebody on give us your time and money and come get a master's in this well the master's was actually in holistic nutrition so it wasn't in the companion animal in holistic nutrition it was a separate part of the courses they offered uh, that I wasn't looking to get a certificate in companion animal studies but I wanted to have that background so I took those courses in addition to the human courses so my actual master's is in holistic nutrition and from there um, it was it was kind of I, I got out of school and I said oh my god how am I going to help people how am I going to reach them and so I just started putting together kind of my own program and just explaining to people what I wanted to help them do and people have been responding so incredibly well it's been about four and a half years that I've been doing this professionally and I think this year alone I've done more consultations than the last three years combined so it's a it's a growing process absolutely it's getting the word out there and letting people know that somebody like like I am I do exist um it, it's not the easiest thing to explain no um, and I but, think but, also it proves that there is a, a growing acceptance of the concept that you know you are what you eat but also supplementation is something really valuable for pets that's you know that's been true in the horse world people have been supplementing horses oh, yeah. forever any performance horse but it's only in the last few years that I'm aware of because I've been carrying on to people about omega-3s and glucosamine and all these various ways of getting these supplements for wellness, to prevent, to treat. And people, they're like, yeah, okay, but. And it's funny. I think there's some people that are more more readily uh, trying the idea for a pet than for themselves. What made me laugh was when you were in school and you thought, 
you know, I don't want to deal with people. I want to deal with pets. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to probably talk to the people and the people got to pay you and the people have to like, the people have to follow your rules too. There's no way to kind of bypass the human part of it. But I guess when people are, are doing it on behalf of a pet, there's, they're a little more compliant. They're a little more, I don't know. I find people, a lot of people give platinum performance or even Nordic naturals to their pets. And later after they see the pet, as you say, guinea pig, kind of looking more limber, less lame, more perky. They're like, how about maybe I deserve some of this. Do you find that it goes backwards that they it try it on a pet? Both, it goes both ways. I think the more people are realizing what they eat affects how they feel. They've been changing things up for themselves and also noticing how they feel if they've been prescribed drugs instead of getting to the root of the problem. And, and they're seeing how it affects them. And now they're noticing a lot of times they'll go to a vet with a problem with their pet and a drug is thrown at them and, and nobody talks about the nutrition part of it. And, and it's starting to click in a way. So that's part of it. The other part is, is true. They're more willing, some people are more willing to try things out for their baby because this is your, your furry child. This is somebody that you have complete unconditional love for and you want to do everything you can for them. And the supplements, there are so many wonderful supplements out there now, especially over the last five or six years uh, that are truly made from, from food and that are yeah. really truly holistic. And, and not full of chemicals and they work pretty quickly for, for many animals so like you said when the person sees their pet feeling better being uh, more limber or um, not having diarrhea and not scratching and they say right. wow this really works let me go ahead and, and they're great companies like Nordic Naturals who do make products for pets and for people and their commitment to both is, is stellar um, the way that they process their ingredients is what was wonderful so um, they are a shining example of how we can all be on the same the same supplements uh, from the same company, but one obviously made just for different dosing. I think that's true yeah. of a lot of of the better supplement companies. Mm-hmm. They either started in pet and went to human, which is platinum performance, or the other way around with Nordic Naturals. But it is interesting that the kind of the cross pollination of the idea of supplementing what you're eating with wellness stuff made from good right. ingredients is now it, to me it's funny because I, I have a, a, a new co-host on Radio Pet Lady Network on Cat Chat and Dog Talk, Patrick Mahaney, who's a wonderful holistic vet and acupuncturist out in California, where to him the conversation we're having would be completely ho-hum. Well, of course, well, obviously everyone knows this and has known this for a decade, but we're on the East Coast, at least in the Northeast, these ideas are still a little radical. You want to give what to your dog or cat? But you're down in Florida. Now, what is the sensibility there? Is it halfway between the kind of really holistic, natural health food and health thinking living of California and the Northeast, which is sort of more, oh, please don't bother me with these sort of things. And eventually everybody comes around. But in Florida, are people a little more mellow, laid back, more health conscious? Well, Florida is is kind of an interesting community. Uh, it's very transient, but we also have people here from all over the place. We have people from the Northeast, from You're all right. over the country, and all over yeah. the world. Yeah. So the attitudes so, you know, are very international, and and there a lot of a lot of people tumble down. There's what are they called? Snowbirds or sunbirds or some kind of birds? Yeah, we have snow. We do have snowbirds that are here half the year, um, but for the for the most part, uh, people are are as into their pets here as they are the rest of the country. Uh, but there are there are different kinds of attitudes. There are people who just want to find something that's quick and easy, and that's it. And they're just a pet, 
and those people usually aren't my clients. And then <laughs> yeah, there I are people imagine. who, <laughs> and there are people who really want the best that understand that the better the nutrition, the better the body responds and reacts, and the less money you end up spending, you know, down the road on vet bills. And uh, obviously, every pet is different. Some have genetic or congenital issues, but for the most part, just like with humans, if you take care of the body, the body takes care of you. Which is really a good way of looking at it. I'm just still remain fascinated by the idea that you can get a master's degree in holistic nutrition. I guess this really tells you a lot about our society in a really good way. It means that you can get a master's so that you can then be out in the workforce or in the workplace or in the even in, you know, commercial products, and you can be that person who comes with the holistic knowledge and viewpoint, which obviously, if you're involved in any part of, I guess, even cosmetics, not just foods, whether it's, obviously, you don't have cosmetics for for dogs so very much. But I mean, I think it's really cool that there's a master's that has that kind of value in our society, don't you? I, I was I was surprised that I could find it, and I was really excited. Um, there are a lot of things that still have to happen for somebody who has a holistic um, nutrition master's. They still and they want to work with people. They still have to go through some of the other training as any nutritionist would have to go through to to become certified as you know a dietitian or um, a clinical nutritionist. They would take all those same courses. It's very difficult uh, to to find work as a holistic nutritionist because there's really no such thing. There's no definition right. for many states. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and there, there used to be in Florida, and I was actually talking to somebody who said that you used to be able to get certified as a holistic nutritionist, but what happened was um, some traditional nutritionists they boycotted it. They told the state, this isn't right. They're, they're not, you know, they're not, they don't know what they're talking about. They're, they're not talking threat. about chemistry. Well, You're a threat. threat. I mean, because, you know, they would guess, much more. Yeah. Yeah, you want to do granola, they want to do Wonder Bread. I mean, it's just like a totally different point of view about, about food, right? So Exactly, I, they're not worrying up, about... Yeah, you, you've started your own radio show, which I think is really cool. What is the name of it? It's called Healthy Pet HQ with Jody Z, and it, um, it's been wonderful. We started out every other week, and we're now on weekly, and I try to bring on a guest every week that works somewhere in the holistic pet world. So there are pet foods and supplements and veterinarians um, and even some more traditional veterinarians that can bring something new to the table. Uh, this week we had on a veterinary ophthalmologist, which I just found completely fascinating. So we're Me. trying to, to bring bring people in that maybe are a little worried, like, what does holistic mean? I think a lot of people still sort of confuse it with new age. And, I, you know, I, when I talk to clients, the first thing I say is I'm not coming to your house with crystals or tarot cards. Not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but it's not what I do. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, well, I think it's terrific. And, and, and on the, uh, the podcast of the show, we'll have a link to your radio show so people can listen and, and dip into the holistic world and learn more about what it is that you know and what you have to share for pets and sometimes for people too. Jody, thank Absolutely. you so much. Great spending time with you and have a wonderful rest of a day. Thank you, Tracy. You too. Have a Take great one. Take care. We'll talk again. Bye. Bye-bye. After this quick word, I'll be back with Bub, Lil Bub's dude. Those of you who know who Lil Bub is, you're going to be pretty psyched. We'll be right back. Support for Dog Talk comes from Precious Cat Litter, owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose litters are designed to appeal to kitties and protect their health. Cat Attract Litter has a blend of herbs which entice cats into the litter box 
and overcome out-of-litter box problems. Respiratory relief litter is low dust for pussycats with asthma, which makes it healthy for people and other pets in the family too. Support for this show also comes from Nordic Naturals, whose Omega Pet products provide your dog or cat with the same premium quality omega-3 nutrition as their fish oils for people. Because research shows that even the best diets are deficient in the essential fatty acids found in their oils. Nordic Naturals uses sustainably sourced wild fish from healthy stocks. With third-party testing to guarantee purity and freshness, surpassing the strict international standards for omega-3 fish oil quality. I am back, as promised, with Lil Bub's dude, Mike Britovaski. Mike, it's very cool to have you on the show. How are things going in New York City for you and Lil Bub? Oh, they're going great. You guys are hanging. You're actually, I mean, people that probably remember when I had Juliet on the show, Eisner, many, many months ago when she did a documentary about you. And that was the first Mm -hmm. that I learned about you and Lil Bub and probably a lot of people that don't live in that sort of cat internet video space didn't know about you either. And Mm -hmm. now that you have been back for a second time to the Cat Video Festival and you have this book that has just launched. Well, actually, Lil Bub has the book, Lil Bub's Lil Book. Um, you have an online TV show. I mean, she's become like a whole industry, but you're, aren't you like a punk rocker or a grunge rocker or something? Isn't like your real thing a rock and roll thing? What is your thing you do when you're not being her dude? Well, I don't like to talk about Bub as being an industry. I think that... Uh... Yeah, I'm a recording engineer and a musician, and honestly, the things I'm doing with Bub aren't much that much different from what I did before, which is being creative, working with my friends. Um, the main difference is that now everyone's paying attention and really is into right. what I'm doing. Right. Uh, it's on a much bigger scale, but uh, everything we do, it seems like uh, a lot from the outside, you know, talk show, documentary, yes, uh, books, yes, but everything yes. I do, I do with my friends, just like I used to. Um, That's really cool. I just happen to have a very open-minded and creative community of people that are close to me that are very excited to work on this because they love Bub as much as I do. Well, one of the things that I, I, I noticed in, in reading Lil Bub's website about her, her book, which is a picture book, but it is super creative, just like what we saw in Lil Bub, the, the the documentary, that she is a visitor from another planet, that she came here on a spaceship. I mean, it wasn't just cute cat videos or photos. You really had this artistic sense of this visitor from another planet, which, in, which she sort of does seem like, right? I mean, she has an otherworldliness to her, right? Yeah, and that's where kind of, you know, where that idea came from, which yes. started as a joke because I never yes. expected her to become such a um, inspiration to people. Yeah, yeah, phenomenon. And But it was a joke I had. Like, uh, the first way I ever described her is she looked like a an alien grandmother. Yes, as a kitten, exactly. she looked more like that. Um, I didn't so, mean to, by the way, I just want to tell you, I didn't mean to in any way insult you that you were making her into an industry. I was sort of oh, saying no, like this yeah. cool rocker guy. I mean, you've <laughs> got like, what, two sleeves of, of tattoos, which I can tell from looking at them online, which my great engineer Kyle has like gigantic amount of both sleeves of tattoos. Of course, some of yours are above. But there was some woman who had been, who is part of this world of Bub that you've created, 
who met you because she really dug your music. And I think she called oh, you, wow. did she call you a grunge rocker? I don't know. I'm oh, like so out of it. I don't even know what that is. I think it might be like punk rock, but I know it's not like hard. It, maybe it's hard rock. But I thought this must be so weird for you because you're just trying to like have a life with your kitties. You have four other cats, right? Yes, I have five cats total. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you were just this guy whose life became fixated on little bub. She was just this cool challenge really because she had these physical challenges and you adopted her when somebody else a foster home i can tell the story of how little bub picked you as her dude because she was someone who was not easy to look after because of her physical challenges that's right um so my friends i mean the shorter version is that my friend's boyfriend's mom had rescued bub from she found her in a tool shed she was a feral kitten the runt of a feral litter and uh, I think Bub was only a week old, but this woman heard meowing coming from the shed in her backyard, and she saw that Bub was a little different and couldn't nurse right because her, oh. lower, her lower jaw was underdeveloped. And so she took her in and baby fed her and saved, saved Bub's life. And then um, my friends never asked me at first because I already had so many cats. I just moved sure. to a new apartment and was kind of like, hey, I got an apartment now. My cats will stay in my studio and I, I can like visit them then. Cause yes, yes. Have a life. And then, but I think people were, were a little scared to adopt Bub. I mean, at this point, she was eight weeks old. She was less than a pound. Her teeth weren't growing in. She looked absolutely crazy, like a little monster. Nutty. And, like from um, another planet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone, one of my friends, like, had it for two weeks, was like, this won't work. Another friend was like, I, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like, also, you realize it's, she's going to have health problems, and it's probably yes. going to cost money and all this. Yes. Well, they finally sent me a photo, and um, I saw this photo and was just like, I have to meet this cat. This is the, Seriously. the coolest looking cat I've ever seen. <laughs> I just wanted to meet her, you know. Um, I didn't even want, I wasn't. I didn't need another cat. But I say that with all my cats. Uh, yes, of course. There's already plenty. Um, it's a lot of cats. I, uh, and then I came and uh, saw her and just put her on like my chest, and she just started purring and fell asleep. And I was like, um, this is going to be Uh-oh. my cat. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, and this is no what way. we see a lot in the video on Lil Bub's Little Book website is her – it's hilarious, the part where you're reading her book to her. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and then – She's just in all these little things, she falls asleep on you. She must be like a sleepy girl. She's just always like nodding off and and just chilling out with you. And it's mm-hmm. so tender because you're like this. You're, Jackson Galaxy is a friend. I've known him forever. But somehow mm-hmm. it's crazy. You two cat guys are these rock and roll, these sleeves of tattoos, like just not what you think of as the tender, loving cat guy with this little, tiny, fragile, vulnerable little kitty I think it's the juxtaposition that to me is just like really special because I think it must be, however she tugged at your heartstring, must be why you have 86,000 followers on Facebook. Mm -hmm. There must be, is it something about that little Cupid doll face? To me, she looks like a Cupid doll. What do you think think makes people go nutty? um, I really think she gives off this um, pretty intense energy that comes through in her photos. You know, obviously what hooks people is her unique look, but there's definitely like this um, positivity and sort of um, inspirational, like there's something about her that just makes you root for her, you know? Yeah. She, you know, 
she's so different, but it's like she doesn't care. She doesn't know, and she's almost proud of it, you know. And um, I, we, I was surprised. Like, I never – I just posted photos because someone said – that's the cutest cat I've ever seen. You should do a blog. I didn't even know what a blog really was. Uh, right, right. But I posted photos, and then it really started with, um, you know, very pretty small following, 50, 60 people that uh, that I didn't know who were, like, sending messages, like, really touching messages Aww. about how much she means to them. Um, the first really? One, oh, yeah. And we get these all, I get these, you know, dozens a day now um, of, like, you know, Bub is the only thing that got me through grad school this year. Seriously? And, Oh yeah, and it gets really? way it gets way heavier than that, you know. A lot of disabled people um, follow wow. me regularly, and she gives them inspiration. And really, that's what when I saw that that's what she meant to people is when I was like, you know, I'm gonna keep this is fun, and I'm yes. gonna keep doing this, and it makes a difference. And I think it makes much more of a difference than going on tour playing rock shows, which I still do, which is a lot of fun. Well, but, can um, you tell us when you might be playing somewhere? Because I'm just so curious what your music is like. Uh, I mean, I know well, you have a you know, life beyond being Bub's dude, and I know we're talking about little Bub's little book, but I just think it's cool that you're a rock and roll guy, too. Well, I, uh, I've made it a point not to promote oh. my other endeavors through my okay. cat. I like to keep it separated. But you know what? If okay. you're on web the savvy, you can easily, very yes. easily find out. You're uh, right, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty savvy. I, and I understand it wouldn't be fair to little Bub to, to like inch into her space it is her space after it's all her spotlight. it is her spotlight so the physical um challenges we always have to use the politically correct words but she was like mm-hmm. really gen- a genetic mess right i mean she has no lower teeth and she can't really walk she pulls herself around on her front feet does she well she has no teeth at all and wow. she used to pull herself around only with she pushed with her back legs and slid her front but now she's actually walking uh, better than ever and standing fully upright uh, thanks to a wow. very special device that we started using with her. Really? Mm-hmm. A device to strengthen her muscles? No, it's called the it's uh, called the Assisi Loop, like St. Francis. Oh, my God. Loop. I know about the Assisi Loop. I know the guy that sells it, Joe. Well, the we got a free loop one. The Assisi Loop made this difference? It doesn't just it hasn't just made a difference. It's completely changed her life. I mean, I'm getting chills. A, a oh. stout, a, and we've you know, Bub's posted about it once, and a lot of close friends have used it. On uh, a friend of mine that works at the Shet local shelter, her dog had a torn ACL, and was pretty much immobile for about six months. And I let her borrow my spare loop, and her dog is running and jumping within two weeks for the first time ever. I am just completely speechless. This is absolutely the last thing I thought we'd be talking about. I am really familiar with the Assisi Loop. I know that he changed the way he made it. I spent hours on the phone with him. I, I thought there's such a – but I never knew it would happen for a cat with a disability that profound. I thought it was like I don't for injury repair. I don't think that's how they promote it. It's, no. It's, a, it's an anti-inflammatory that is has no side effects, and what it right. does is it promotes blood flow and uh, helps the body produce some chemical that is a natural anti-inflammatory. But in Bub's case, whatever it is, wow. I mean, the results were, you have to Phenomenal. understand, that she's only two years old, um, and the, pa- the second three-fourths of her life, she's been practically immobile. 
as a kitten, she ran a jump, but then it kept getting worse. And, you know, she's a specialist and it was only going to get worse. And it was heavy. She was still happy, but she couldn't really get around. And within two weeks of using the loop, I mean. Oh, my God. She started twitching like her legs were twitching. I got worried at first uh, after the first few days. And then she started getting up and now she's like running. Um, She plays all the time. I mean, oh running, she's jumped on my lap, which was... I can't even believe this. Insane. Yeah. This is so crazy. First of all, am I right that by going to Lil Bub's Little Book page is the first time people can see the documentary? Because I didn't know where to send people after I interviewed Juliet. Just go to lilbub.com. Everything's there. It's there. The whole video of Lil Bub and Friends is on your website the first now, right? Part. It's on lilbub.com. Oh, you can see the first episode of her show. You can see the first part of the documentary. They're releasing a new part every day starting today. I see. That's and then smart. And you can see a preview of the book as well. Yeah, which is great and extremely funny. But the, I remember in the – now that I'm remembering in the documentary, you had footage of her when she was a little kitty. And the only thing funny was that her tongue hung out because there were no teeth. But she was a, a frisky little kitten. And then yes, and as it evolved – Yes, <laughs> That's so amazing. It was like you were this big-hearted guy that took in this, you know, compromised kitten, but she was so cute and funky looking. But then she turned into a maybe not a full-time job, but a huge com- commitment on your part, and you were in love with her. There was no way you weren't going to do it. But now she's regained that mobility. Wow. Mm-hmm. What she's is the playing with a peacock feather right now? Oh, my God. Yes. In fact, there's a picture on your website of her playing with a feather wand toy. And I was like, but how could she do that? Because in the video, she didn't really. Oh, I see. That's when she was only about, I think, three months old. I see. Yeah. Man, that's really amazing. You must feel like she's like went to Lourdes and came back cured. That's really crazy. What is the picture of Robert De Niro holding her and being inspired? I, I didn't know what that – I just wanted to ask you directly because I was like, there's a picture oh, of Robert uh, De Niro. What, what is that so about? He's, a, he's the uh, – you know, he's one of the, the main guys. <laughs> I don't know the proper term. He's, you know, he's responsible for the Tribeca Film Festival. So when Right, Bob, sure. He's a founder. Yeah. Yeah, a founder. And so when Bub's film debuted, oh, it was like a right. big deal about Bub yes. and Bob. Yes, got it. When we met, got it. I forgot about that. Yes, that that in fact the film debuted there last year at the film festival. That makes sense. I didn't know if he like was a cat guy and never let anybody know it, but maybe he is now after Bob. He is a cat guy. I think I think it's pretty well known that Robert De Niro is a cat guy, isn't it? Nice. I don't don't know. know. I'm very excited, genuinely excited to meet her. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, what happens in New York when you're doing interviews? Um, I'm thinking some of them will be in person or some of them will be on film or something. Um, is Bob just sit on your lap? Is she groovy with it? Because you say on your website that I guess somebody was saying, oh, should you really be schlepping her around? And you said when she's tired, she's tired. And if she doesn't want to do it, I know. And she doesn't do it. But she oh, kind of loves she, it. Oh, traveling and doing these talks, the, really the only thing that stresses her out are other cats. That's um, funny. Traveling is actually – and. I don't recommend that anyone takes – you have to understand that when I – our first trip was Good Morning America, and I was very, very nervous. Sure. And it was like kind of a test, and I told them, I said, you know, we're going to get on a plane. If I land in New York and I feel like she's stressed out, we're not going to do the show. You'll have to figure something else out. 
but she blew my mind. She actually loves traveling. Um, I would Isn't never do this with my other four cats. And she, it's good for her. So she is way more active and stimulated. She's yes. very curious. She's not like another, she doesn't get scared. I mean, there's taxi cabs honking. There's like car doors slamming, but she sits on my lap. She sits on my shoulder. Um, Isn't she that is totally, something? totally, that's, that's the main reason I call her an alien cat because it's, it's really her demeanor um, yes. that is so unique. And she really, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, you know, we were on Fox and Friends this morning and she just sits on my lap and she's totally content and she's a happy cat. And they do the close up of her little cupid doll, adorable face. Mm-hmm. And she's and she's good with that. You know, it's interesting because you have the other four cats. You know damn well not one of the other four would tolerate a minute of any of this. No, I so open you the know door to the, out, to the outside yeah. and they run another direction. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, isn't it amazing? And you think that there's this vibe that comes off of her, which is what people are really responding to, besides just the cute factor, that she really has this special aura? Oh, very, very much so. I mean, you know... The way I see it is all of this that's happened, the reason you and I are talking is it's all her doing, sort of, because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. other than posting a few pictures, I've gone with the flow naturally, but it's all been organic. I've never sought out any opportunities. We have this book and this show and this movie, but these are all people that come to me. And I turn down a lot of things that I don't think fit. I only go with things when people are genuine fans of Bub, they that they love her, they're fans of her, and they want to work with Bub. And then I set pretty strict... You know, like if we do something, we ha- I have to have creative control and I have to yes. be able to use my friends. And if that yeah. all lines up, then nice. we do it. And everyone's always, you know, they love Bub and they're like, if that's what Bub wants, that's what we do. So I kind of feel like she's created all this and that's why she's so good with traveling. She knows it's her job. It's her mission on Earth. That's so cool. I mean, you know, there really are those, you don't see it, you don't think of this, uh, one doesn't think of it so much in adults, but you think of it in children and sometimes in that rare pet or companion animal where they just have this grace to them. Mm-hmm. They just bring something to other people and it doesn't make sense exactly, but you know it's there. You can ignore it or you can embrace it. And it's funny because when I saw the film, the, 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 the DVD of it sat around for a while because I think it had the date on it. It was going to be till the Tribeca Film Festival. It was m- many months ahead, so I thought, well, there's no point in me looking at it till it's closer to the time to help promote the filmmaker. So I started to look at it, and I didn't know what to make of it, Mike, because the beginning of it is your creation. It's not the documentarian. It's your whole f- – that thing of her arriving in a spaceship. I'm like, this guy is so cool. You were a, a filmmaker, but then it, it turned out you were really a musician. So have you ever been a filmmaker, or there was just something about her that inspired that part of you? Well, um, it's funny you should ask. I do think we're kind of running out of time because I've taken on a call, but um, I can answer this real quick. My uh, my degree is in music and film production, so I did ah. do film. But I went with mu- music was really my passion, but I still, I'm generally a creative person. You know, I like to write. I like to yes. take photographs and do yes. film. Um, so the idea of Bud being from space uh, was, you know, mine from the beginning, but it's really the Vice people, Andy and Juliet, that made that whole space scene a reality, and I think they did a great job with that. They did a hilarious job. It was great. Well, I just want to say that, that I know you're that picky because after the film and after I talked to Juliet, I dropped you an email and said, 
hi, I'd love to have you on the show. I'd love to, you know, interact with you. You seem cool. She seems cool. I didn't hear back from you. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then there was the, the, the film festival again. And I was having the guy on who's the curator of it, Scott Stulen. And I'm like, okay, where's that Mike guy? So I write to you again. I'm like, hello, it's me again, remember? And you wrote back and said, look, I'm really sorry. I'm really overwhelmed. I've got all this going on. So sorry. And that was sort of like click. And then as it turned out, your book was being published by the same publisher as mine. And you have the same publicist that I did. Uh So I'm like, hi, it's me. So at least, you know, I was genuine. I was interested in Bub. I can't say before Bub was Bub because Bub was already famous in her own world. I mean, I was late to the party, but I think it's really cool. I think it's really amazing that she has this positive influence in the world. I didn't really realize that. I thought at first she was just amusing to people, but clearly it wouldn't have taken on this big of a life if it was just amusing. It's clearly yeah, something deeper that than that. She's, she's pretty sophisticated in her engineering in that she designed a look this way to draw people in. And then once <laughs> they, they like check it out, they're like, oh, my God, this it's so cool well i i am gonna give away two copies of your book because our wonderful co-publisher has given me two to give away so i'll figure out some creative way to do it that'll send more people also to your website to look at the daily her tv show on your website and little bits and pieces of the documentary as they're allowed to be seen it's all a phenomenon and i think you're handling it phenomenally and i'm going to find out where your music is happening we won't tell lil bub that i asked about her dude's music but i just think you're as fascinating she doesn't mind it's just i yeah but no i mean that's cool it's good it's a separation of church and state and and i totally get that but I just think that you're a pretty cool pair, and I think you're handling it really well. And I think it's a lot for both of you to take in. And I guess you can be peaceful about it because she is, right? What more That's can right. we say? Well, mm-hmm. I let you go, Mike. I know the world is knocking at your door, and I, I really appreciate your time. And I, I won't say I look forward to meeting her someday because you're probably going to get right back on that plane and get right back into your apartment and studio, and she's going to be – Home sweet home. But the news about the Assisi Loop and this this phenomenon, it gives me seriously chills and so much pleasure to learn that there is such an amazing transformation. That's incredibly exciting for you and for her. I hope she enjoys her mobility a great deal. She seems to be. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful. You take care. I hope you have another chance to talk at some future date when all the, the hubbub calms down a little bit. But I know that won't be for a while. Have a wonderful rest of the day and give her a little scratch behind the ear from me. I sure will. Thank you. Take care. Have a good rest of the day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So what a cool guy, right? I mean, and you got to see the pictures of him on the website. It's like just not what you expect. He's really quite an interesting interesting man. And this little kitty clearly has an aura. I mean, who knew? It's a wonderful thing. I'm looking forward to learning now more about the Assisi Loop. I had known about it, but uh, it wasn't something that – I had really pursued because I wasn't sure how it worked. And now it turns out that it's kind of magical. I mean, I'm sure if someone else heard that Assisi, like St. Francis of Assisi, they wouldn't have known what he was talking about. And I really have looked into it a lot. And I want to tell you that for me personally, the next thing I'm doing is getting in touch with Joe from Assisi Loop and getting it for my dogs. Two of my dogs are completely crippled by arthritis. There are no dog walks in the radio pet lady's life. I mean, one out of three is perky. Two out of three can just barely get up and walk out the door. 
I'm going to be trying this on all their joints because if they can get a spring back in their step like that little kitty did, it's going to be quite something. And it will not be the last you'll hear of the Assisi loop. I think it's terrific. And I and I do admire him. He, really, the world has come floating to his door, rampaging to his door. And I can imagine that's pretty daunting. Even if he was a rock and roll guy and, you know, looking for, let's say, fame and fortune in that area, I'm sure that this really is is quite um, takes you off the rails of where you thought your trip was going and he's obviously going with it and, and doing a really nice job thank, thank, uh, balancing it all that, that old balance it thing right have a great rest of the day so glad you could listen such a fun mix of people and topics and uh, I hope that you will go to my website and figure out how I'm going to give away these two copies of Lil Bob's Lil Book because I definitely want my dog talk and kitty to, kitties to listeners to have a crack at winning it there's some cool way that I can do a contest, but I don't exactly know what it is because I am like so not new age. It's amazing. Have a great rest of the day. Kiss your kitties and hug your pooches. We'll talk next week. Bye for now.